Hey, it's Barrington. Uh, welcome to another edition of Hashtag Finance. I'm your host, Barrington Miller, and today I'm here with Joe Lasardi, President and CEO of Cureleaf. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Um, tell us a little bit about Cureleaf. So Cureleaf is the biggest multi-state operator in the United States. We're the most developed cannabis operator in the country. And through our Cureleaf hemp line, we sell our products through 47 states in the U.S. 47? Yes. <laughs> I was not expecting that number. There were three states you can't sell uh, hemp products right now. So uh, we're working on that, but I'm, 47 I'm, I'm sure you're circling. <laughs> <laughs> we're doing our best. But. Um, earlier, I was talking with Chuck from Dixie, and he's been in the space like 10 years, and he was referred to as an OG, and he liked it. But you have been... <laughs> You're a godfather in the space. Tell us a little bit about your background and how you got into how you got here. Yeah, sure. I'm not sure about that title. <laughs> I can tell you it's uh, cannabis is like dog years, and I've been in it for quite a while. So, um, you know, I, I started in 2009 uh, in Maine. Uh, Maine passed the medical marijuana law, and we opened the first vertical cannabis operation on the East Coast in 2010. And so I always call myself a reluctant pioneer in cannabis. I think those were uh, some, you know, we were out in the risk curve, I'll just say that, in 2010. But I'm just amazed that every day the public sentiment around cannabis continues to improve. It's just such a popular issue. 90% plus of Americans, you know, support medical and 60 plus percent plus support adult use now. And I think that, you know, 33 states and growing, um, it's, it's beyond a tipping point at this point. Um, talk a little bit about the importance of education. Education seems to be um, in your discussions, on your website, in your literature. Everything revolves around education. And who are you trying to reach? Who are you trying to educate? Who are the stakeholders that um, that you want to reach? Yeah, I mean, education is the sort of defining uh, you know, concept that which we operate around. Our dispensaries, 43 of them under the Cure Relief banner, are all about education. Um, the consumer uh, of cannabis wants to come into a store and buy cannabis with dignity. Many of these people are very sick. They want to learn how to use these products and deal with oftentimes a very serious illness. And so um, we believe that education is, is paramount to making people understand the product, how they work, and how to get the best possible outcome. So that's really a big part of what we believe in deeply. You have three distinct brands, um, Cure Leaf, Cure Hemp, and the Craft Cannabis. Right. Tell us a little bit about um, about each one. Sure. So, you know, Cure Leaf is our, you know, company brand, and it's the brand of our stores and the vast majority of the products that we sell, both in the regulated cannabis markets and then, you know, through the Cure Leaf hemp line across 47 states. Um, you know, Cure Leaf is all about wellness. It's all about people using cannabinoids both in psychoactive and non-psychoactive formats to get, um, you know, benefits. And as you know, people use cannabis for a lot of reasons, stemming from very severe illnesses to things like, you know, sleep aid and anti-anxiety. And I think that, um, you know, that's what Cure Leaf stands for, is using cannabis for wellness. We have developed a, uh, a line of products that's a wholesale brand, and it's really geared towards more cannabis enthusiasts, right? It's geared towards people that, I guess I would call it the recreational side of the business, where people want to get the euphoric impact of cannabis. And so um, that's a much smaller part of our business, but one that we expect will grow over time. In, uh, in, sourcing, um, <clears throat> in sourcing, I guess, the cannabis for these different lines, uh, are you getting them from d- different places? Are you using different... Uh, different ones for oils and vapes versus your craft. Um, how does that work? 
Right. So our strategy be, is to be vertical in every market that we operate in, as long as the law uh, permits that. So uh, in, in almost every comp- market we grow, we operate in, we cultivate, manufacture, and retail our own products. And so that allows us to control the supply chain. That allows us to control the quality and consistency of the product. And we think that you know, that's a big differentiator from other you know, operators uh, in the country. Uh, you mentioned um, your vertical integration. I was, I was speaking with other people earlier, and we were talking about what's, what's the most important thing. Is it uh, getting your brand out? Is it getting your distribution channels out? Is it having the relationships with the retailers? Uh, for a company like you, if you had to look back um, on the early Joe and say, hey, you should focus on this, uh, what would it be? Well, I mean, you know, people don't like to talk about this because it's boring, but execution really matters. So you actually have to, um, you know, to be a vertical operator, be a really good grower, a manufacturer, a distributor, (laughs) and a retailer. Those are all, you know, discrete activities that you must do well. And so... We really focus on education, but what I would say is that all of that ex- execution leads to brand identity, and it allows you to create a brand because at the end of it, you've created a product that a consumer can experience and get a positive outcome. And so, you know, it all it all leads to creating brand. Um, you can't you can't have a great brand without a great product underneath it, and great salespeople, and good store formats, and really good execution up and down the supply chain. When somebody sees the Curaleaf symbol. What do you want them to feel, or what do you hope that they associate that with? I hope they associate it with trust and wellness, and I think it's really important that people recognize that we care deeply about the products that we produce. We recognize that many of our patients are dealing with incredibly serious illnesses, and so we want them to know that, you know, buy our products with confidence that they can put it in their body, and hopefully it will give them a desired outcome. What are some of your um, competitive advantages? I mean, you... You are a massively big company, and uh, yeah, what's uh, what's your differentiators? Yeah, I, I mean, to be honest, I think our biggest advantage is our management team. We've got a really um, unmatched group of executives that have a lot of experience in the industry and in CPG broadly, and uh, we really uh, work hard to execute on the fundamentals every day, and I think that is a big advantage. Of course, we are... Uh, the biggest cannabis company in the world. We're the most funded. We have the best balance sheet, and that allows us to, you know, do strategic acquisitions and extend our mission. But ultimately, people make great businesses, and I think we've got a really solid team of people from the top all the way, um, you know, to the to people growing the plants, manufacturing, retailing. Um, it's really uh, an organization that I'm incredibly proud to lead. How's your experience been with uh, your finance and your private equity background? How has that helped you um, lead lead the way, be at the home? I think it's um, you know important to understand that you know uh, underwriting businesses and opportunities and making sure that you can uh, identify the right deals, consolidate them and integrate them into your platform uh, with efficiency is important. And so, I think all of those disciplines that I take out of private equity and and, and my M and A background is incredibly helpful um, as we try to build this national platform. Well, you mentioned M&A, M&A activities. Um, you're, what's going on with California? Yeah, we, we made what I would consider the first of a, um, a, a multi-step strategy uh, for our California uh, um, platform. 
we acquired Eureka, which is a very low cost, high quality farm in the Salinas Valley. And we're going to build the platform on the back of that. Again, we want to be vertical in California. We think it's important. So um, we'll open up dispensaries throughout California this year under the Cureleaf banner. We'll manufacture our products. And we are very inquisitive. We will continue to um, identify opportunities that align with our, our values. And, you know, our goal is to be a leader in every market we operate in. And so um, you can expect us to continue to work very hard to get ourselves to a leading position in that state. Well, if you need people to go to California with you to just check it out, you can come here and I'll take care of you. <laughs> I'll keep that in mind. Um, speaking about the different states, uh, in December there was the Farm Bill, the Farm Bill that was passed. Um, everybody was celebrating hemp's legal, and that's not necessarily the case. Um, how was the Farm Bill and the, and the States Act and the SAFE Act, um, how is that affecting you now and how is that affecting you going forward with what you intend to do? Sure. We are um, one of the most politically active cannabis companies in the United States. Mm -hmm. um, I was personally in Washington, D.C. the last week of March. I met with um, Senator McConnell from Kentucky and okay. Senator Gardner and many other key stakeholders. What I can tell you is that, um, you know, Senator McConnell showed great leadership last year by, you know, putting hemp into the Farm Bill and deschedulizing, uh, taking it off the CS Controlled Substance Act. And, you know, for us, that's a huge breakthrough because consumers want to use cannabinoids um, and particularly non-psychoactive cannabinoids to, you know, deal with a host of um, issues. And so we're very excited about that product. And I think it it's sort of just another, you know, uh, crack in the wall, right? It's another way in which consumers can use cannabinoids and, and realize that they can get benefits from these products. So. The Farm Bill was a huge deal for the company and for the country, frankly. Um, I'm also encouraged by what's happening in the House of Representatives. The House of Representatives leads the legislative agenda for the country, and I think that you will see cannabis bills get through committee and onto the floor of the House this year, which is really a big deal. And I think you'll start to see some up and down votes on cannabis, and that's going to put um, a lot of pressure on the Senate to uh, act on uh, on this topic because it's not going to become less popular. You know, the no, American people... No, the genie's out of the bottle. ...way big time, and it's not going back. And I think you'll see more states adopt cannabis laws. I think you'll see more states adopt adult use programs. And so, um, you know, the snowball is rolling down the hill, and um, it's a really exciting time for the U.S. industry. Let's talk a little bit about your home state, uh, Massachusetts. Um, uh, they went live, I think, the end of last year. Correct. Was, I think it was November. Um, how did that make you feel? Like you've you've been in this business, you've been in the industry, and it's uh, it's sort of coming full circle. Um, and I'm sure it was a big deal. It's almost surreal, to be honest. I mean, I grew up in the you know say no to drugs generation, and <laughs> yeah. the war on drugs wasn't you know um, full fledged in the '80s and '90s, and so um, it's really unbelievable to have people recognize that cannabis. Um, you know, can have tremendous medical benefits. And, you know, it also can be used by people that are over 21 um, to relax or feel euphoric. And I think that more and more Americans, um, you know, are, are coming around to the idea that not only is cannabis okay, but we also have to um, reckon with the fact that the war on drugs has wreaked havoc on, you know, generations of people and particularly, you know, um, minority communities. And so, for me, I'm, I'm incredibly proud to lead this industry and, you know, sort of, you know, lead cannabis uh, out of the black market into the regulated market. Um, it's really amazing, to be honest. We've talked a lot about uh, social equity 
and uh, I myself have noticed the prominence in the role that it's taken, especially this year in 2019, and uh, companies such as yours and people like you are, um, I'm not saying making up for uh, mistakes of the past, but you guys are really, really helping, helping everybody, and um, Last sort of final question. Yeah, do you uh, mind if I talk? I actually want to talk about that if you don't mind. Oh, no, just, no, please. I think oh, it's absolutely. A, yeah, I think, I think you know, to be, to be candid, it's something that the industry and our company is thinking about deeply because it's a legitimate issue. I think, um, you know, the dialogue is really around the fact that not only have minority communities been ravaged by the war on drugs, but we're also now creating this new multi-billion dollar industry. And, you know, minority groups need to be able to have a seat at the table. And so I don't think anything anybody wants something for free, but I think people want to make sure that the industry is as diverse as its customer base. And so we think about that a lot, and we plan to be, um, you know, part of a, you know that solution. It's really important part of what we you know what we think about. We also think about veterans issues. It's something that we care deeply about. We launched mm-hmm. an initiative last month with a new organization called the Veterans Cannabis Project. There are 20 million veterans in the United States that don't have access to legal cannabis because of the federal law. And so these these people can go across the, the world and give their lives and limbs for our country, but they can't use cannabis. Um, instead, they can use a cocktail of opioids that are oftentimes ineffective and addictive. And so these are things that we care about as a company and we intend to be leaders on this year and beyond. Well, that's that's... Uh, I, I have goosebumps just um, just listening to it, and uh, thank you, thank you again for uh, expounding on that. Yeah, no um, uh, I guess my my final thought and question is, what um, what's going to make you and your company be around in the next two, three, five years, and um, versus your peers and your competition? Yeah, I, I think. Um you know, we tend to pride ourselves on the fact that we sort of see where the puck is going, not where it is today. Uh, you know, last year we created a hemp go line. Go Leafs, go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> last year we uh, we created a hemp line, and I think a lot of people said, that's odd. Why is a you know, multi-site operator doing that? But we recognized that that was going to be a big opportunity, and we're always looking for the next thing to stay ahead of the curve. And um, I think if we continue to focus on our execution, Cure Leaf will be – a nationally recognized brand and, you know, a business that, uh, you know, uh, has a lot of staying power. Well, Joe, we are very, very pleased to have you at the Canadian Securities Exchange and to have Cureleaf as a beacon, um, not only as a cannabis company, but a company as a whole. And um, with that, this is your host, Barrington Miller, and this has been another episode of Hashtag Finance with Joe Lazardi from Cureleaf. Thank Thanks. you. Hi, it's Grace from the CSC reminding you to make sure to follow us on social media for the latest updates on our listed companies as well as new listing alerts. For more in-depth content, be sure to pick up our free quarterly magazine, Public Entrepreneur, available online at thecsc.com. 